So, but if you're into titles, if you brought your notebook, if you're into a title of, of a sermon or things like that, tonight's title of this message is called Don't Buy the Lie. Everybody say that with me. Say, Don't Buy the Lie. Well, well let's do better than that. Say this, Don't Buy the Lie. All right, all right. I found this girl. And, and here's the deal. I, I kind of like this girl. And I kind of wanted to be around her. I was kind of, almost kind of like that same feeling. I like you. I want to be in your presence. Like you're like whatever I got to do. Like if you're if you're uh, um, in the snack bar, I'm gonna go to the snack bar. If you're playing Gaga ball, I am playing Gaga ball. You know, like and I'll do the extra little hit just so you don't get out. You know, the the, the little cute stuff. Um, but I had, there's this girl like and and uh, she had a brother. She had a younger brother, and, and he was an amazing, amazing musician, and I wanted to learn to play the bass. And so I was like, hey, teach me to play the bass. And so, like, I started going over to his house. We started hanging out. He started teaching me to play the bass, and then he had this sister who was a, a little bit older than him that I kind of liked. So... You know, you know how it is. Um, and so I started kind of hanging out at their house a little more often, and I would take brother to basketball practices. And, oh, and she would just go along, you know. And so we would go basketball practice. We'd be hanging out while he's practicing. Me and this girl were just kind of sitting here hanging out, just talking. Finally, one day, one day, it was, it was at basketball practice, and I was sitting there. We were watching Caleb, and I was sitting, she was sitting over here. And I was like, oh. I was sweating. I was like, oh, hey, 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 um, hey, uh, hey, <laughs> he's good, yeah. <laughs> but I was like, hey, uh, I kind of like you. Uh, would you be my girlfriend? And she said yes. Yeah. And now, to this day, we have been married for 17 years. But here's the deal. Here's, here's what I know. Here's, what was her name? Here's what I know about love and dating and relationships. Here's what I know. I know, shh, I know that we need help. I know that we need help when it comes to love and dating relationships. Because here's what's happening. Culture is telling us one thing. And, and, and uh, our parents are telling us one thing. And we have a church that may not even really be talking about this thing, but if you're here tonight, and if you're a follower of Jesus, it, it's, it's, it's so important to know what God says about love, about dating, about relationships. Um, if you're here tonight, and if you're a follower of Jesus, it's so important to know what God says about it, because at the end of the day, he has this standard, and he created it. So tonight, I'm going to look at the, the, the very first relationship ever. Uh, the very first one, and we're going to take a different look, though, at, at Adam, and I believe that God is going to reveal some things to us tonight. I really believe that God is going to speak to our hearts tonight and just kind of challenge us tonight. So we're going to take a different look at Adam, and I believe that it, it's going to be uh, a good night. And so just so you know, anytime, just a little disclaimer, anytime we're talking about love and dating and relationships, it's going to get a little bit awkward in the room. There's going to be a little bit of tension in the room. And, and so I just kind of want to help you guys know uh, the, the godly way to date, to have relationships. And so, um, so the very 
beginning relationship, the very first relationship. God set it up this way. Um, so there, there's one thing that we're going to talk about tonight, and this, it's this thing that, um, that wants to destroy every relationship you have. And so God, he actually points it out, and we're going to look at it tonight. It doesn't matter if you're in this room, if you're single tonight, it doesn't matter if you have a girlfriend, if it doesn't, maybe you even brought a date to church, that's okay. Um, but it doesn't matter if you're, if you're married or if you're divorced. There's this thing in every single relationship that happens, that, that the enemy is trying to destroy. And so we're going to look in Genesis. If you brought your Bibles tonight, if you didn't, our magic Bible in the screen is going to show you the, the text. But um, So here's what's happening in the very beginning in Genesis, the very first book of the Bible. God is creating the heavens and the earth. So he's creating everything. And so he creates, he creates light. And he says, let there be light. And then he says, it's good. And then he says, let there be the land and the sea. And he says, it's good. And then he created the, the, the light and the darkness. And he said, what? He said, what? It's good. And, and, but then something very interesting happened. And this is where we're going to pick up Genesis 2, verse 18. It says this, then the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. So he's creating all these things. He's doing all these things. And he's saying, this is good. This is good. This is good. Creates man. He's like, it's not good for him to be alone. And, and he said, goes on to say, I will make a helper that's just right for him. So there's two things real quick that I want to point out. The first thing is that we're created for relationships. Every single one of us, we're created for a relationship. I know right now in this room, all the introverts are like, I hate this guy. Like, I don't, I don't just want to be alone. And like, but here's the deal. We are created for relationship, every single one of us. And the second thing that God said is this. He said, it's not good to be alone. This is where we're going to camp for a while because loneliness wants to affect everything in your life. Anybody ever felt lonely in this room? Yeah, all of us, probably most of us have. And here's what I know. A lot of times what we do is we cover up our loneliness. Listen, a lot of times we cover up our loneliness with relationships that we don't even care about. But, but we're so lonely that we think we need someone around us. We think we need someone in our lives. But loneliness, what it does, it, it creates lies. What was the, the first, you, you guys are familiar, I don't know if you're familiar, what was the first lie in the Bible? Right? It, it was the snake and, and Eve, right? The very first lie in the Bible. And who, and who was Eve with? No, the snake. And so, and so she was alone and she, well, she was, the, the snake came and talked to her. Hey, if a snake ever shows up and talks to you, you better run. Like, no kidding. So, so, <laughs> so here's what happens. So when, when is that time maybe in your life? Listen, when's that time in your life when those, those worst thoughts that you think about yourself, those worst things that you begin to think about your, yourself, those, those thoughts, those things come up when you're alone, right? Those thoughts begin to, to rise up when you're alone most of the time. And loneliness, it wants to destroy you, and it wants to destroy your relationships. 
So tonight we're going to talk about a few lies that you, you cannot defeat what you cannot define. You can't defeat what you can't define. So we're going to define these things. We're going to lay them out for us tonight, and we're going to talk about them. So if you're taking notes, lie number one is this. You're not good enough to be loved. And that's what the enemy tries to tell us. He tells us we're not, you're not good enough to be loved. You're messed up. You're a mistake. You're a joke. You're not good enough to be loved. You messed up too much. You're worthless. And so the lie is saying, um, it, the lie is saying if people actually got to know you, they wouldn't actually like you. Or they wouldn't love you. Or they wouldn't accept you. Or they wouldn't want you around. And it, it, in this lie, you start to believe that you, you, you start to believe that and you start to become someone other than yourself. And we start to think things, well, I, I've got to act like I like these things so others will like me. I've got to put myself around these people so these people will like me. I've got to do these things so these people will like me and so I'll be accepted. And that's a total lie. Because here's what happens, and I see it all the time. We, we post, and, and you're not like in trouble, and I'm not like, if you do this. But we post on our Insta stories, right? TBH. And the reason we do that is because we're wanting affirmation from people. We're wanting feedback from people. We want people to say, you're so cute. You're so good looking. You're so pretty, oh girl. And we're wanting that. We're desiring that feedback. We want it so bad because we have this desire to be loved and to be wanted. So we're trying to find every possible way to fill that need. So we start, what we start doing is we start living for likes. We start living for likes when we're longing for love. Someone like my picture, like my recent. I'm not, I'm not like picking on you. I just spit. I'm not picking on you if you do that. It's, it's not, a, it's, it's whatever. But we, what we're doing is we're looking for acceptance. And if you buy into that lie that you're not good enough to be loved, you'll start doing things that you normally wouldn't do. Girls, like, you'll send that picture to that guy because you think that's the only way he's going to love you. Guys, you'll be asking for that pic so you can brag to your friends because you want to measure up. You'll do things you normally wouldn't do because you're craving love. You want it so bad. Girls, when you're, when you're posting those seductive little pictures. Guys, when you're posting your pictures with your shirts off and your six-pack abs, I got to promise you, one day it's going to look like this. <laughs> it's not always going to be there. And <laughs> so <laughs> I, I got the dad bod rocking. So, um, But here's what we do. We, we post and we, we try to get responses and we try to get likes. And, and, and when that settles down, we start to think, well, well what else can I do? What, what else can get me attention? What can I ask someone, someone to say something nice about me or compliment me or say, say that I'm beautiful or say that I'm handsome or say that I'm awesome or so strong or so good? What else can I do? And we have this never-ending cycle of living for likes. And it will not fulfill you. I'm not saying you can't post your cute pics. But be careful what you're putting out there. Please be careful. The second lie is this. I'll be happy when. 
And I don't know what that is for you, however you need to finish that sentence, but we say, I'll be happy when this happens. Or I'll be happy if this person's in my life. I'll be happy when I finally find the one. God, let this person notice me, maybe even wink at me, or, or maybe even like my post. Uh, uh, even a wink will do, God, or just even like a glance, just something. Like, and we start to say, I'll be happy when. Or how about this? Maybe some people say, I'll be happy when I get married one day, so I'll stop looking at pornography. Oh, we're going there. I'm asking you guys tonight to be mature. Maybe that's, that's what your thought process is. That, that's what you're thinking. Well, one of these days, when I get married, I, I, won't, I, I won't have these desires. I won't have these things. And that's a lie. The enemy wants to tell you that lie, and, and you can, here, here's, he wants to tell you that you can do that now. It's okay to do that now because when you get married, you can have all the sex you want. And that's what the enemy tries to tell you. And I got to tell you, I've been married for a while now, and it's a lie. And I got to tell you this, anything that you've seen on a screen will not measure up. It's a lie. It's living a lie. This is for guys and girls in the room tonight. Here's what happens. Your pornography addiction will affect your marriage. It will affect your relationship, and it will mess it up. TBH. One summer, I think I was in uh, seventh grade, and uh, I don't, a lot of you guys know kind of my story, my, my history when I was growing up. Um, my, so my family and I, we used to take summers, and we used to travel the United States, and we would teach at kids' camps uh, across the, the states. And this one year, we were in Roanoke, Virginia. Anyone ever been there? It's beautiful. You should go sometime. We were there in Roanoke, Virginia. And, and you guys know how it goes when you're at camp. You, you find your camp relationship, right? You, you find that guy. You find that girl. And here's the deal. Camp's only like five days long, so you better hurry. Like the first day, you are working your game. Like you're playing it. And so you better hurry. So here's what I do. I'm at this camp, and I find the prettiest girl on camp. And when we're talking, we're hanging out. And here being my parents being the camp speakers, I get free concession food. So I'm getting my girl nachos and sodas and candy. Oh, girl, you're so pretty, you know. And it was amazing. We spent a great five days together. And I just knew, oh, man, I just knew that it was going to last forever. I, I lived in Oklahoma. She, she lived in Virginia. We were in seventh grade. And so, so here, here, I just knew, though, I just knew it was going to last. This is going to last forever. So at the end of the week, this was back in the day, kind of before really before cell phones, and we exchanged addresses because people actually wrote letters back in that day. So we exchanged addresses, and so we were going to write letters to each other all the time. And I couldn't wait to get that letter, because you know how girls, back in the day, girls would spray it with their little perfume. They did that. And so, and so, and I just knew this relationship was going to work. And so I would go, I went home, we went home from Virginia back to Oklahoma, and I, I came home bragging to my friends. I was like, oh, let me tell you about my girl. Let me tell you, she's so pretty. She's, oh, man, you guys would be so jealous. And they're like, where's she at? Where's she at? 
I'm like, well, uh, Virginia. And, and the more that I said it, the dumber it sounded, right? You ever have that? You're like, I, I live in Oklahoma. I'm a middle schooler. She lives in Virginia. She's a middle schooler, but we're going to last forever. And the more I said it, the dumber it sounded. So one day, I finally, I got my first letter in the mail. I smelled it. And then I went into my room, and I sat on the side of my bed, and I, I was so excited, and I was ready to open up this letter. And, 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 and I, wanted, I had my back to the door so no one could see me, and I opened the letter, and it says this. Dear Jeremy, and I was like, hang on. Where's the, hey, baby? Like, where's the, hey, cutie? Like, where's, where's that? It says, dear Jeremy. And then it goes on to say, dear Jeremy, we are not going to work out. I am breaking up with you. I was so brokenhearted sitting on the side of my bed. I might have had some water in my eyes, and I was crushed. I just knew this relationship was going to last forever. But here's the deal. I, I felt more empty than I was before I started dating her. After we broke up, she, she was the one. We were going to last forever. I thought I was going to marry her. Oh, one really cool thing. Her dad was a NFL referee. And I was going to play in the NFL. It just made sense, right? And so I was looking for fulfillment from someone. Not long ago on Instagram, someone posted one of those um, ask me a question things on their Insta story. And someone asked this. They, they said, what are your thoughts on relationships? And the person, and, and I'm not, it's not like anyone in this room, so don't like start pointing fingers and stuff. Um, but here's her reply. Uh, I mean, their reply. Um, they said this, just find someone who will make you happy. That was the reply. Just find someone who will make you happy. You know, I, I thought I found this someone in Roanoke, Virginia, who was going to make me happy forever. And, and I want you to know this tonight. Please listen. I want you to know this tonight. The role of the person you're dating, the role of the person that you're in a relationship with is not to make the other person happy. If that's the role, that's a burden that person cannot carry and you can't carry. We're human. We're flawed. We make mistakes. If, if you're relying on someone else to make you happy, what you're saying is, that's my God. That person is my God. Don't believe the lie of I'll be happy when. The third lie is this. Maybe you've heard this one. Is that love conquers all. Right? Maybe we heard, And so this is... This, is for, it, this one is for couples, it's for soon-to-be couples, if you, or, or people who will ever be in a relationship. These people are on cloud nine, and they're super annoying. They're always loving on each other, but everyone really knows that they're drowning. Because the relationship, it's so toxic, it's so unhealthy. It's actually pulling them away from God. See, people in these kinds of relationships are afraid to end it because this is all they have. This is all I got. They've dumped all their friends. They've let all their friends go because they're so focused 
on their relationship. Love does not conquer all. We all know that person. We all know that person who always has to be in a relationship, who always has to have a boyfriend, who always has to have a girlfriend. They keep going through relationships to fulfill that need on the inside to be wanted, and it just doesn't work. If you've always got to be with someone, listen, if you've always got to be with someone, um, uh, honestly, you need to know this. Dating is designed to prepare you for marriage. I don't know if you realize, maybe I just dropped a bomb on your life, but dating is designed to prepare you for marriage. That's kind of the idea. And and so here's the deal. When I had girlfriends or when I go out on dates with girls, my mom would always say this line before I'd walk out the door and I hated it. It was the worst. My mom would say this. She would say, every date is a possible mate. I was like, mom, I just want to kiss her. I don't want to be with her forever. Yeah, ew. But I was like, that's, uh, but I was like, that's so weird, mom. But here, listen, listen, I get it now. I understand it now. I totally get it. But if you keep hopping from relationship to relationship, instead of preparing for marriage, I'm not saying you get into a relationship and be like, first date, like, hey. You know, that's, don't do that. You, they, I hope that someone will punch you right in the nose. Um, but, but we're supposed to, it, the job is to supposed to prepare us for our future. Instead of preparing for marriage, what you're actually doing when you're the kind of person who goes from relationship to relationship to relationship to relationship, instead of preparing for marriage, what you're doing is you're practicing for divorce. So you're more used to breaking up with someone than actually staying connected and staying committed with someone. So here's what happens. When you, so if you do get married, it's going to be easier to jump ship because it's what you've always done. It's what's normal. It's what I'm used to. My parents did it. Their parents did it. So what do we do with all this? Jeremy, this is so depressing. <laughs> like, great message tonight. Like, I'm going to leave here sad. As we're kind of wrapping up, I want, let's go back to Adam. And I want to ask you a question because I, I found something interesting. See, if God didn't want Adam to be alone, why didn't God create Adam and Eve together at the same time? If he didn't want Adam to be alone, if he said it's not good for this man to be alone, why didn't he create him together? A two-for-one deal. Would have been a lot easier. Would have been more efficient. But he didn't create them together. Here's what he did. Before God created Eve, he had to give Adam his identity first. Before Adam ever found his identity in Eve, God wanted Adam to find his identity in God first. Before you get into a relationship, you've got to have the relationship. That's how it's designed. That's how it's made. That's how it's created. Before God created Eve, he poured into Adam his value, his identity, his purpose, his worth. And here's the deal. The Bible says that God created us in his image. 
He wants us to be like him first. See, and a lot of times we get it backwards. Here's how it should be. It should be God, us, and then someone else. But we don't do that. We, we a lot of times, we're like, uh, uh, me first. Like, we're like, me, someone else, and then uh, maybe God. I don't know. He's kind of important. So what happens is we change the order, and God wants us to know first and foremost before any relationship our value, our value in him. When you know your value, you don't have to seek validation. You don't have to, be, uh, you don't have to seek that validation by posting both those pictures, by sending those snaps, by doing those things that are going to draw attention and try to get someone to like you more. When you know your value, you don't have to seek that out. Some relationships will never be able to give you that. They might give you that like, but they will not give you that love. Um, several weeks ago, I, I didn't even, I didn't, I didn't necessarily want to share the story tonight. But a, a few weeks ago, like even me personally, um, I, I was feeling down, and I'm not a person who, I'm not a down person. I'm not a, a depressed person. I'm not a discouraged kind of person. I live, I live my life so full of joy. I, I love life. But I was, for some reason, a couple of weeks ago, I was really down. I was really bummed. I was really discouraged. I was doubting myself and my value and my worth was so low. And, and I'm not a, typically a person that struggles with low self-esteem. But I was kind of in this, <clears throat> in this weird season in my life. <clears throat> And in, in my relationship, in my marriage, Kristen is, is she's typically my sounding board. I tell, I, I tell her how I feel. And I was going on and on. I was going on about this stuff. I was being so, like, negative, so discouraging, so, so like, and, and she, she, she cut me off. She's like, hey, stop right there. I was, I, she shut me down. She basically said, she told me, she looked at me, and she said, don't believe those lies. Don't think that way. God is so proud of you, and so am I. And, she, and she, we talked more, and she said more, and, and, but she said a lot more to me. But the enemy wants us to find and wants us to take that loneliness, that self-worth, your value, and he wants to destroy you, and he wants you to, to start to think that way. But God's saying, you know what? No, I want to give you freedom. But the only way that it can come is through Jesus. That's the only way you can find true freedom. And the greatest mind, reminder of your value and I, your identity comes from Jesus and what he did on the cross for us. See, when I look at Jesus, when I think about Jesus, that's the best reminder of my value. That's the best reminder of my worth. Jesus went to the cross for, the, for us hanging there with nails in his hands and in his feet. He was abandoned. He was all alone. He was lonely. <clears throat> but he did this for us to let us know how much we're loved, how much we're valued, how important we are. Uh, would you mind playing keys?
I don't know everyone's story here tonight. And, and I don't know what's caused or what's happened or, or if you've had or have broken relationships in your life. But I want to tell you tonight that God's here to heal that. He's here to heal that tonight. He can heal your heart. He can heal your life. And just like the end of that song, that last song we sang tonight, a, a miracle can happen now. And I'm totally and I truly really believe that, that God can work miracles. He can heal your broken heart. He can heal your relationships. He, he can heal. He can heal anything. It's God. And he's here tonight, and he wants to give you freedom tonight. And, and I want to I want to share, I'm going to close here in just a minute, but I want to share one more verse. And then I want to close with a question. Because it's, it's easy for Pastor Jeremy to say all this stuff. But here's what I want you to think about something. Matthew 25, verse 35. It says this, and, and a lot of times thinking about relationships, we don't even... This verse isn't even considered, but I, I want us to consider it in this context tonight. It says this, for I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. There's a lot here tonight who are lonely. There's a lot here tonight and you're hungry. Maybe you're thirsty, maybe even in the sexual sense. Maybe you feel like an unloved stranger. But God is saying tonight, if you're hungry, come to me. If you're struggling, come to me. If you're hurting, if you're broken, come to me. If you're feeling like you're so far away, come to me. You don't have to be a stranger. You're welcome to God's love. Now, here's the question. Here's what I want you to know, and, or, or questions that I want you to know. When you look in the mirror, when you look at yourself, what do you see? What's your value? Where do you get that from? When you, when you go home tonight, tonight when you get home, when you're washing your face, before you go to bed, brushing your teeth, hopefully you do that. I want you to do this. I want you to look into your own eyes. I want you to look in that mirror and I want you to look at yourself and I want you to say, what is my value? Because it's easy to say, especially for those of us who have grown up in church around this thing, it's easy for us to say, well, my value comes from God. But does it truly? Does it really? Look yourself in the face, look yourself in the eyes and say, where do I find my value? Because when you can truly say your value that your identity, that your self-worth comes from Jesus, you're on firm ground. That sets you up to have the best relationships. And you don't have to believe the lies that the enemy is trying to tell you.